I'm Chris Turner, and this is the Empowered Parent Podcast. Greetings, listeners, and welcome to another episode of the Empowered Parent Podcast. Joining me, as always, are Ryan and Kayla North. Hi, guys. Hey, Chris. Christopher. We also have a special guest recording with us tonight, Allison Heighton. Hi, Allison. Hey, Chris. Allison, along with her husband, Russ, is an Empowered to Connect parent trainer in New Jersey. Allison works with Miriam's Heart, a nonprofit adoption ministry that radically supports families who take action on behalf of adoptive and foster children. So, Allison, what's something you kind of do with Miriam's Heart? Well, my husband and I, we mentor families who are considering fostering or adoption. And that looks like having them over for dinner and meeting our family and our kids, um, one of which is adopted, and just telling them what it's really like. And we also do the Empower to Connect training to parents, too. Cool. Yeah, so, so we, me and Kayla and I, are super excited that Allison's here with us. She's down uh, at TCU for TBRI practitioner training this week, and we asked if she would um, stay at our home, and she said yes, instead of staying in a hotel close to the thing. And so we get to hang out with Allison every night and um, spend a couple of hours in the car up and down visiting with her and her and her husband, Russ, are some of our our favorite people and wish that they lived close to us. As a matter of fact, they're selling their house in New Jersey now and moving to a, a bigger home. But still in New Jersey. But still in New Jersey. <laughs> but I tried to find her one here, but she didn't <laughs> like it. I tried to find her. The, the commute did find the, the commute I did, did find me an option. <laughs> I did find her an option. It's a lot cheaper down here than it is in New Jersey, I've learned. <laughs> see? Yeah. I told see? her she could move right down here. We could see her more often. <laughs> you could you could go visit family up there. I mean, the planes work both ways, as you're gonna as you're gonna find out this weekend. <laughs> yes, thank you. Actually, you know what, but before we jump into what we want to talk about in this episode. Um, there is something that's like super fascinating about Russ and Allison, and that is that uh, for the last two summers, you've loaded up the family and love like trek cross country, um, towing a camper behind a one of my favorite sounding vehicles, a Duraburb. It's a suburban <laughs> with a Duramax diesel engine in it. Yes. So Russ has Dura-burb. a, a Duraburb. That is a custom built thing. They don't build those. Yeah. So that's I mean, hilarious. One of my favorite things about Russ is like a super car geek. And stuff like that. So, I don't know if you want to actually share anything about your cross-country adventures, but they are lots of fun, and you've seen a lot of the country. And maybe we could do a whole episode of how to how to do um, cross-country treks with in close quarters with kids from hard <laughs> places. Yeah, that is interesting. Um, it was an amazing summer. We did almost three months this summer, and we saw from the East Coast, from North Carolina, all the way to the West Coast to LA and 23 national parks in between. It was an amazing summer. Wow. And I'll tell you, the reason we have this trailer is because we have a kid from a hard place who, when we go to hotel rooms, cannot sleep because it's a new place every night. Mm. So we actually bought this trailer for her and she has the same bed everywhere we go. Her weighted blankets there, her toys, everything. So every night, wherever we are in the country, she has her same bed. And so she goes to sleep nice and easy. There you go. There you go. That's awesome. A solution to a problem. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Their camper's really cool. She showed me a picture, and it's got like bunk beds in it for the kids. And I was yes. very jealous. Yes. I do have four kids, so there are a bed for everybody in there, which is amazing. I don't have to make up beds and take them down every day. 
<laughs> yeah, it wouldn't work for us, honey. <laughs> there are other ones. Bigger, you could... Can, can somebody meet Alex? <laughs> <laughs> come on, come travel to New Jersey. Yes. Got room in the driveway for you, buddy. No, <laughs> Not in the house, but in the driveway. <laughs> All right, I'll give you a bedroom. It's like, and we have bedrooms. We just don't have room in the house for you. <laughs> That's right. Too many kids. Oh, goodness. Fun times. So, Allison, in your big home that might have an extra bedroom for Ryan and Kayla to sleep in, what's like the schooling situation for your kids? Well, currently I homeschool my three oldest kids. My youngest is in half-day kindergarten, and I homeschool her half the time. She's in kindergarten right now to get speech services. Okay, so the reason I asked was because we've gotten a lot of questions, both on our Facebook group and through other means, from parents wondering about like what are the best schooling options for their kids. So I thought maybe that's something we could talk about tonight. Yeah, well, you know, we homeschool our kids, um, but we do have one that also for services in the school gets for special needs. She goes to school um, at the public school. But although I think a lot of questions that people say is, their kids are struggling in public school and they want to know, should I homeschool my kids or they're homeschooling their kids and they want to know we're having so many struggles, battles. Should I put my kids in public school? Mm. And so I think, yeah, I think that's a good kind of discussion point around that. I think we've seen a lot of positives from homeschooling, Mm. but you have your kids or you have a mix at your house. I have a mix at my house. We have two kids in public school, our, our oldest and our youngest. And then our middle child has a learning uh, difference that uh, is a little beyond uh, homeschooling, um, at least for us. So he goes to a private school for that. One thing we said early on was that our kids, we were going to do what was best for each of our kids. Right. And whatever option that was, we were going to look year to year from deciding are we going to homeschool are we going to put them in public school are we going to do something some special kind of program Mm. so we've done you know we had private school for a few years for some of the kids and then we homeschooled and now we do a co-op so we you know we kind of mix all of those things together well i think the schooling thing ties into something that that we say a lot um, and that is that you need to be the world's leading expert in your child right because Certainly, when it comes to education, there isn't a cookie cutter solution. And then, you know, having one child, right? Every child you add com- complicates this issue, right? Right. And so, but you really have to know what works for your kids. And and some of our kids who are homeschooled could could function in a public school environment, but some of our kids could not. Right. Like it would be devastating to to one of our sons to be in a public school environment because he needs the attention. He needs that close personal attention. He needs to know that mom's right there when he struggled. He's he's loved through the struggle mm-hmm. most of the time, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I help with homeschooling, so that's where the most of the, <laughs> the time, all of the time becomes most of the time. But it is interesting to, to work with him because, you know, because of some of those impacts of the trauma on the brain, body, and all that stuff, right, that that the learning experience for our kids is different in a lot of ways and we are able to customize it for them because of that. And so I think that's why it's so valuable for our kiddos to be homeschooled because it does create a learning environment where they're set up for success. Now, mm-hmm. obviously kids can can succeed in private school environments, can't succeed in, in public school environments. I'm not saying they can't succeed there. But when you have 30 kids in the class, 
because you know we we work with schools some too, and 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 the point's always the same. When I have thirty kids in the class, I, I I can't dial in with somebody for very long. We kind of have to keep things moving. Right. Where you know when the kids at home, all of us have that luxury of being able to say, you know what, maybe you don't need to deal with math right now. Maybe you should go and you know swing outside and get some sensory input and then you can come back and be better at math right and you know for us with our our kiddo who's at a private school it's a one to six ratio there's two teachers in the classroom there's 12 kids and so there's one teacher for every six kids and they're they're, they are able to better tailor the program that they have for each kid because you know even even though they all have the same learning difference in that classroom they're all progressing at different rates yeah working through it so more of that one-on-one attention right. it's not quite one-on-one but you know it's a and lot lower ratio right. than you're going to get at a public they're, school you know they're trained they've gone to school advanced schooling yeah. you know they have the letters after their names as ryan likes to say yeah. to deal with this issue that would be a little beyond what we could do in a homeschool environment yeah. and that's why he's there i think one of the things we have to consider as a group though is because some there are people listening right now mm-hmm. who go to this point and said yeah that's all great but but yeah. I can't afford private school, and homeschooling is not an option for us because we either have to, we either have to be a two income family or we're a single parent family. Right. So, you know, I think I hope that tonight we'll not just talk about kind of what it's like in, in all these different education environments, but maybe we can talk a little bit about look if if you have no options. How can you help your child right. when they're out of the structured classroom environment? Because you can't still help your child outside of the structured classroom environment. Because to me, it's the outside the structured classroom environment um, that's the most interesting. You know, we were talking last night over dinner, and I said to to Allison and Kayla, the thing that's kind of like amazing to me is is for homeschooling moms is like you never get a break. Like you have to be on all of the time right. with your kids. And how do you... How do you actually do that and actually feel be better connected with them at the end of the day? Because kids do not want to learn. Kids want to play outside. Kids, you know, kids want to play on video games. They don't want to sit down and do their math. I don't know if your kids do. <laughs> that is the case, yes. Yes, so, okay. It's good to know that even though we're worlds apart between Texas and New Jersey, <laughs> kids are the same everywhere. <laughs> so, you know... I, like, what are some of the things we do, um, moms, homeschooling moms and public school moms, to really accommodate our kids' unique learning needs? Because not much of it rises to, look, you can get some sort of IEP for your kid right. in the public school because it's not, it's not going to hit the spectrum of, of needs, right? So, so how do we deal with that in the public school setting? And then how do we deal with that in the home setting are things that I think are particularly interesting. So I think from the public school perspective, alluding to what you just said, Ryan, um, you definitely want to start with an IEP, an individual education plan that can be tailored you know, for your child, something you put together in cooperation with the teachers and the administrators at your school. But sometimes, I, I know for one of our kids who's in public school, we, we we're putting one of those in, into place because he, he just struggles a little bit with math and with testing. And it's, it's nothing that is kind of outside the scope of what they already do with IEPs here in Texas. But what if we have a kid who we've got an IEP in place, but there's still needs that aren't getting met 
what can we do from there? I just think you have to be your kid's biggest advocate. So if you see that it's still not working, then you just call for another meeting. I mean, as the parent, if you see something's not working and you want to change something in the plan, you call for a meeting with the teacher and they can, you can do different, there's different ways to go about it. And probably every state has their own little intricacies of how that works, but you can go to bat for your kids in school and say, look, this plan is not working or these goals need to be adjusted because we set them too high. Mm. Or um, I know for our daughter that has special needs, we have certain learning goals for her, but some kids have like behavioral goals, mm-hmm. right? So it's not all just about the learning goals and learning differences, but it can be about the behavioral goals. So if your child needs extra breaks during the day, if your child needs to be able to get up and move around in the classroom, or if your child needs preferential seating because they need to be closer to the teacher so the teacher can put a gentle hand on their shoulder to kind of redirect them or whatever, you can get that written into an IEP and can kind of help your kids in that circumstance. Mm. So we've got our kids in public school and we've got an IEP in place and things are, are rolling along, but our child still needs some help. So what can we do on the home front to kind of help them out? I think being flexible with our kids when they get home, realizing they've had a long day at school Mm. and sometimes they come home with homework and it's really hard. Mm. I think it's just, just kind of realizing that they they may not be able to give you anything more. They may have literally held it together for as long as they could at school. Mm-hmm. And when they get home, they li- they just need to be a kid. They just need to go play. Mm-hmm. They need to run off some energy. And especially for the younger kids, the homework is just really not that important. Yeah. And I never thought I would say that because <laughs> I was a classroom teacher for 11 years. And I put a lot of thought into what homework I was going to send home. But the key, the, the truth is... That homework in the in the scheme of things, yes, homework is good for review and homework is good to reinforce concepts. But for our kids from hard places, relationship is so much more important. Yeah. And it's not about the academics if we can't have the relationship. The academics don't matter. And so if we're truly focused on making sure that we have a good relationship with our kids and making sure that our kids understand that they are precious mm. and that our kids understand that we love them and we support them and we're on their team. If they don't understand that, then the academics isn't going to be there. Yeah. Kayla, you're right. Being flexible is super important. I think to one of my children and he has a really hard time sitting at a desk doing school. So yeah. he is often laid out on the couch with a book on his head or <laughs> upside down off the couch And he somehow does his work and sometimes it looks like it's backwards and upside down and it's totally goes against everything I believe (laughs) a homeschooler should do. Yet he does it and he does it well. But for him, he's got sensory needs. He's got an inability to sit still. So to send him to a classroom would have been really hard, Mm. but he does well at home as long as I am flexible and I need to remember to be flexible. (laughs) Which is hard. It is hard, especially when you have a lot of kids at home. Structure. Yes. I want structure. I want my kids to sit at a pretty little desk and I want them to do their work and And check off their checklist. And not to fight with each other. Yes. It would be so beautiful. (laughs) Because it's called homeschool for a reason, right? right? I mean, I think, you know. But even in that, it's tough to be their teacher and their mother. And Mm. ultimately, we got to remember we want to be in relationship with them as their mom. 
So we have to make choices sometimes. And sometimes that means we're not going to get everything done and we're going to stop and we're going to pull out that really great book and we're going to read it because that's going to pull us all back down again. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that I have found that there are some parents that are struggling, that they're homeschooling their kids because they thought, I want to homeschool my kids. I've always homeschooled all my other children. I brought this child home and I really want to homeschool. But they're struggling so much in relationship that, and they can't get past the struggle trying to do schoolwork. And so sending their kids to school actually helped with their relationship. Mm. So even though they were homeschooling, they said, you know what? Our relationship is suffering because I'm trying to get some academics done and I'm not able to do that. And so sending my child to public school actually was better for our relationship. And I, don't, I think that's great because you looked at your child and the needs that your child had and said, this is what I need. Right. You know, this is what my child needs. This is what our relationship needs. But then when that kid gets home from school, you best work on that relationship, right. you know? Well, we see that same thing in, in all kinds of different relationships, like, and not just with, you know, kids from hard places. You know, there's always those things that your child is not going to necessarily listen to you about. But if another adult told them the exact same thing, yep. all of a sudden the light bulb goes off. Yep. And you know, I did. I went through this with a, a friend of mine. His son uh, plays baseball, and he's playing for a Division One, uh, you know, college right now. But when he was eight years old, his dad was trying to teach him something, and he was just not getting it. And we just happened to be visiting with him, and he's like, "Hey, Chris, could you go out with him and do this?" You know, and he explained everything to me, and I, I understood it. And I went out there with him and did it. And then like two days later, his coach did the same thing with him. And it was kind of like, oh, dad was right after all. And yeah. so I think like you, you were saying, sometimes they need to get away from us to get the same thing they would get from us to maintain the relationship of us as their parent. Yeah. Yeah. Because sometimes it's hard to be parent and teacher. Right. And I've, I've definitely advised parents who really truly wanted to homeschool and keep homeschooling that you're just going to have to back on the app back off on the academics and realize that you might only do reading and a little bit of math every day. And that may be it. Mm. And truly it's okay. You know? And I, again, I never thought I'd say that because I'm like, there's so many things you need to do. And as a teacher, you're like, I have to get this subject and this subject and this subject done. Right. But truly if the relationship's the most important, then pick the most important academic things you have to get done and do those things and just work on relationship, curl up with a good book and call it history, you know, and reading all in one, you know, so. I never thought I'd hear you say that either. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to wait till she's done speaking before I say that. So everybody can hear it clearly. <laughs> I think, you know, one of the reasons is that we kind of mentioned your, your um, summit trips is because there's a lot of research now that suggests that that experiencing things is way is a way better teacher. So, right. so the heightened kids could, you know, crack a geography textbook, or they could hike the Grand Canyon. One of them is actually going to teach them a lot more about the Grand Canyon, and so that's that's you know kind of why um, why I like keeping up with the heightened travels because Allison just posts pictures of it every stop on Facebook, and we kind of went with them from New Jersey to California and back this summer. Um, because they're experiencing so much. And, and, you know, for us, and again, we're not trying to tell anybody what they need to do, but for us, the homeschooling experience is really works for our family because it allows us to, to, to um, customize what we're doing. 
It allows us to cater um, to, to their learning styles. It allows us to have the learning environment we want. You know, a lot of our, some of our kids have to have no music. Some of our kids need classical music. Some of our kids need loud music. I mean, just simple things like that. The other thing I like about it is it allows me to be involved in their education too. Right? We're not a, so Kayla's not a homeschooling mom. We're a homeschooling family. Mm. And uh, there are some subjects that, that I help my, our high school son with um, and because mainly because they're just really super interesting to me and the things I like. It kind of like, you want it, you got it. Uh, but also, you know, um, last week, you know, started my day with my five-year-old sitting in my lap doing her math. And as her dad, I wouldn't trade that for anything because that's, that's time that, that's special, right? Right. And, and just her sitting and doing her math with me. Although uh, today, Kayla was at TCU as well, and so my mother-in-law came home, we were in homeschooled, and I said, Libby, do you want to do math? And she said, no, I'll just wait till Gringering gets here. <laughs> <laughs> so I lost, in a surprising turn of events, a parent lost the face-off with a grandparent today. <laughs> but I do like that it allows me to be involved. And, you know, in the co-op that we're part of, they have to do presentations every Tuesday. And so I get to do be presentation coach for the kids and, and help them prep for that. And so it's been a lot of fun. Um, some of the minutia of it hurts my head. And when they're like, <laughs> we're doing Latin now, I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> uh, which Strangely, is what my, everybody else says that too. Which, which is, and uh, you know, on the flip side of that, it does make working from home a rather uh, complicated exercise. So we've got to find a good balance for it. But I think, you know, on balance, really, really enjoy it and enjoy being around the kids and enjoy being, you know, it's, it's the same view of the church. While, you know, while children's ministry, you can have the world's greatest children's ministry at your church, but you have to always remember in the midst of that, that it's your responsibility as their parent to teach them about Jesus. And we've kind of just, for our family, transposed that over to education as well and feel like, you know, from a relational standpoint, it allows us to connect with our kids and it allows an edu- a very gifted educator to be the primary educator of our children. And since this is a, an audio medium and not a visual one, I was pointing to Kayla, not at myself, <laughs> and I said a very <laughs> gifted educator uh, be the primary educator of our children. And um, we did an episode back like in 2016 that was talking about um, just advocating for kids. So for those that have kids that are in um, public school and you're waning some more ideas, you can go back to that one. It's season two, episode 16. Okay. And there's there's some show notes there that have some, um, my favorite resources uh, is something that was put out by um, TCU, the Karen Purvis Institute. And it was uh, creating trauma-informed classrooms. And it's a great resource for those that are looking for ways to kind of help their teachers to understand their kids a little better. Um, But it also can be a great resource if you're homeschooling your kids, just reminding yourself of some of the things you can do. Because we have so much more flexibility at home. You can implement all those things. You don't have to have any kind of meetings with anybody. You just Mm -hmm. tell yourself, I'm going to give my kids a sensory break, you know. Mm -hmm. So um, it's it's a pretty, I mean, it's like maybe eight or ten pages long. It's a nice little concise document that kind of just gives you some really practical whys and some tools. So, um, and we, we talked about it a little bit on the episode too. So, yeah, so we can link to the episode and the document in the show notes. Okay, this perfect. One. Yeah, we make it easily accessible. Hey, no, Ryan, I really loved what you said about taking some involvement in homeschooling with your kids. 
Um, one of the things I think is super important, if you decide that you're going to homeschool to have some sort of time mom to get away from your kids, because if you are mom and you are a teacher, you just never get a break. And I don't care how big a super mom we all think we are. We do need some time away from our kids and some yes. self-care. Can I get an amen, Kayla? Amen. <laughs> so, Can I get a witness? <laughs> yes, please. I love my children, but I need a break. Yep. I do need a break, too. So finding that time. And so dads, if you've got some time to step in and give mom a night out to go out with her girlfriends to blow off some steam or um, to come in at your lunch hour, something like that to give mom a little bit of a break, it is very necessary or we will get worn out. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, to go along with that, it's one of the things that I, that I love about this is um, I have two of my daughters who want to learn to play the guitar right now. Well dad sitting and teaching them chords and strumming patterns is all of a sudden music class at the home school. <laughs> That's right. So, you know, you can be creative because it, to, I, we don't, I don't have to do like teach Latin to kids to give Kayla a break. We can go yeah. to the garage and build something and have like an engineering class Absolutely. or something. Yeah, so it allows a lot of creativity and I like the, that a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. Russell, take the boys outside and change the oil in my truck, wash my truck, or go take them to take apart a computer and they're learning that whole time right yeah. and mommy gets a break <laughs> well and sometimes ryan will come home and we're done with school for the day and he'll just hand me my purse and my shoes and say why don't you go do something and just let me get out of the house for a little bit mm. and cook dinner for us and just kind of give me a break and that's so just nice after a long day you know of, yeah. of schooling the kids you know, good job ryan th- thank you you know, I think this is a safe place for us to say this because everybody listening feels the same way that 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 for the longest time we felt like a lot of shame around the idea that we, we wanted and needed a break from our kids. And we just thought that if we admitted that, people would think so poorly of us. And then we admitted it and people were like, yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Because, I mean, it... You are no good to your children if you're not in a, in a healthy place. We're not going to do self-care now because I think we've done that before and we can do it again. But but you do have to take care of yourself. And, you know, the deal the deal you make when you get married, in our opinion, is that, is that like we think that codependency in marriage is bad, but I don't think so. I think that it's good because the deal Kayla and I made is that we were going to take care of each other too. Mm-hmm. And part of taking care of that is recognizing that Oh my gosh, I may have had some difficult meetings and had to deal with some stuff that that was troubling in my day, but she didn't get a break from the kids all day. And if you give me the choice between homeschooling the children and dealing with difficult meetings, I choose dealing with difficult meetings <laughs> 10 out of 10. <laughs> and and I don't think I recognize that all of the time, and, but I think that on my good days, and I hope there, there are more good days than bad days in this regard, but on my good days, I recognize that that she has been around the children all day and that she does need a break. And whether that's just, I mean, go to Starbucks and get a cup of coffee and you know, mess around on Facebook for 30 minutes. It doesn't have to be big. And I think that's what sometimes what we don't understand is that actually caring for somebody else does not require you, you know, the grand romantic gesture. Let's go to dinner in Paris, right. France. Well, that's cute. <laughs> it's just never going to happen. Right. But what can happen is, yeah. hey, why don't you go to Starbucks for a few minutes have a whatever kind of drink that you have to order because I don't know how to order it at Starbucks yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and text your friends or whatever. So yeah. you know, I think that's really, really important. I'll take grocery shopping without any children. <laughs> that's how exciting things that are. That is pretty exciting. <laughs> <laughs> 
I've no. actually stopped and had conversations with other moms who were also without their children in the grocery store. It was beautiful. <laughs> yeah. So that's why you've gone that long? That's right. <laughs> you Absolutely. were talking to other people? I know. It was good. Well, that's different because when I go to the grocery store, I just put my, my earbuds in and listen to music. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, maybe people won't speak to me. <laughs> So in that vein of, of self-care in the context of, of schooling, whether it's homeschooling or public or whatever, I think especially for like our single parents who are dealing with that kind of thing, you know, we may, may not have someone that could step in and take the kids, you know, for the half hour while you go to Starbucks. You might have to get a little creative. We had one friend, my wife and I, who uh, they had joined the local gym and the local gym had child care. And so she would go to the local gym and not work out. She'd go yep. put the kids in child care. And the locker room had like a little lounge attached to it. And she would just go sit in the lounge and read for about 40 minutes. And I've that, been guilty of that before. And, you know, that was what she needed, right? She needed the mental break more than yes. anything else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you might just have to, you know, think about, think a little outside the box. Yeah. Things like that sometimes. Yeah, for sure. That's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> like, honey, let's join the Y. <laughs> Free childcare, <laughs> and we know why you joined the one. <laughs> I'm 42 years old. I have six kids. I can make lousy dad, dad jokes. All yeah. I want to. It was a pretty lousy dad joke. Sorry. <laughs> My only regret is that we're not like Facebook living this thing because everybody could have enjoyed the, the head shake <laughs> the Dallas just gave me. <laughs> well, if you have dad jokes for us. Or you have some other questions <laughs> about this episode, you can email them to us at info at onebighappyhome.com. If you can be very concise with your comments or questions, you can tweet them to us at onebighappyhome. If you'd like a, more, a little more room and you'd like some public participation, we have a Facebook group just for podcast listeners. Just search for the Empowered Parent Podcast Community. You can subscribe to our podcast in iTunes or on Google Play Store. Just search for the Empowered Parent Podcast. If you've enjoyed and gotten value from the show, we would appreciate a review in either location. I'd like to thank Ryan and Kayla for being on the podcast again. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Chris. And especially uh, thank Allison for joining us. Thanks for having me, Chris. The Empowered Parent Podcast is committed to helping parents of foster and adopted kids through connecting, correcting, and empowering principles. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.